Managing a management business. Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges. Today we spoke to Tim Marsh, a licensee for LMA Leadership Management Australia in Brisbane. Tim discusses his past management job roles, his history working in the government sector, and his move to the role of licensee in Queensland. Tim also discusses what makes an LMA licensee successful, the requirements of the role, and what LMA is bringing to the Australian personal development business sector. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu and I'm also here with Frank Zemus from Eden Exchange. Good day everyone. Look, today we're joined by Tim Marsh from Leadership Management Australia. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us today, Tim. No problem. Look, firstly, Tim, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you first became involved with the LMA? What drove you towards the opportunity and also the territories you're taking care of? Yeah, I, um, my wife and I we're both in very good jobs. So in terms of I worked for government in a senior senior management role and my wife was working with Flight Centre. We didn't have any reason to look anywhere else, but we it, just per chance we saw an ad in the paper. We had um, probably plans in the future to do something that we could be in control of and we followed up, did our research and um, met Grant, the founder of the business, and... So I got an opportunity to meet the people who were involved in the business, did a bit of research, and it was pretty hard to not to want to get involved. So, um, you know, our backgrounds certainly weren't from this field, and um, it was a bit of a step off to the right-hand side of the field, so to speak, but um, it was an opportunity for us to get involved in a business that had integrity that actually align with our values around making a difference to people and to have some more control um, over our our lives, I guess, as well in terms of having our own business. So the territory that we cover um, is, is Queensland. Uh, predominantly most of the business is down in the southeast corner, but we have clients who obviously are across Australia as well, but um, certainly within Queensland have operations uh, normally up and down the east coast and um, yeah it gives us a bit of diversity and a bit of fun in the process. And the LMA is a global company with a presence across 80 countries around the world. Now what's unique to the Australian division and how big is the market um, and who are your clients predominantly as well? Um, the, the global side is it, it's important that question you've asked about the link between what makes us unique and also what makes that link to the the presence in other countries unique in that all of our material is Australianised and Australia has its own culture, obviously, but we have access to learning from across the world and we can steal stuff from um, from other countries. So I think at the moment a lot of our, our learning and our material is actually being stolen by international, but um, it, it is unique in terms of our, our Australian culture is still um, very much around, I guess, there's an informality that makes us, sets us apart. And in the way the business runs, I think it's one of the things that I really enjoy is this is a really serious business, but it doesn't doesn't get taken um, too seriously in the process, if that makes sense. And, and from our point of view, the other thing which really sets us apart from the uh, the presence across the world is our technology. And whilst we're we're about to update our technology again, 
we're we're probably at least five years, if not uh, more, ahead of what's going on in the rest of the world. And um, you know, the the platforms, the the web based tools and support that we have is um, something that we can't ignore in this world. And at the end of the day, it's it's it is a a, a bit of a mark of how um, you know, I guess leading the pack we are in terms of the process. I'm really proud to be part of the work that goes on in in Australia and how we are in, influencing what's going on in in operations in those other 80 countries. Uh, Tim, I'd just like to go back a step if, if I can. I, I mean, I, I think you mentioned that when you came across LMA, you said it was a, an opportunity that was sort of too good to miss and you, missed, and, and you did mention integrity and, and also kind of taking control of your life and that sort of independence. What, what were some of the other triggers? I mean, what, what else kind of sort of drove – I mean, you had you had perfectly good jobs as senior managers in, you know, uh, in, in government and in corporate. Um, yeah, can you sort of talk us through it, so some of the other factors that might have – Oh, look, I, I, I think I sort of covered it before in a way is that it was hard to ignore the kind of people and the kind of space that we were in. And when I say hard to ignore it, it, it was very enticing to want to be part of this kind of business because it's you're not selling ice to Eskimos, you're not, you're not, pushing a product that's going to become outdated, the people market, the business around how people interact with each other and get the best out of themselves and the people around them is not just a growing business but it's a it's a largely untapped business that the training, the traditional training and development market has poorly serviced and, you know, I say that respectfully to organisations that have been involved but, it, you know, it really hasn't reached in and, and um, been able to do what LMA has been able to do. And I think that we realised that in our initial due diligence that this is an opportunity that it would be crazy to turn up even though, you know, we could go the safe option and, and stay where we were. So it was a big risk for us because we had young kids. Um, you know, we, we had to take out a loan to take the next step and all the rest of it, but um, it was... It, it, it was worth worth the risk at the time, and certainly worth the risk um, in hindsight. Fantastic. And, and what makes it like different to other training organisations? Because LMA does you know, claim to have a proven process to change people's behaviours and habits. So, how do you go about achieving these results? Yeah, without getting too technical, I, I think the. The key part around this is we actually, we don't just train people, we actually develop them and it's a bit of a catch cry and a bit of a corny line but in the, the key part of it is people applying their learning both in the workplace where the workplace values it and um, encourages more of that and also for the person to get a value that they're taking away from the workplace because that, that's where you, you get the, the real balance of a person is they're getting success at home and at work. And that's what our process is able to do. And, it, and it's, you know, there's lots of bits behind it, but effectively it's we're setting people up to succeed and to realise that success and to keep coming back for more. And the creation of new habits and attitudes and behaviours is actually born out of that 
Um, you know, you don't change overnight. And some of the things that that people are working on are incredibly complex and some of it's actually common sense and it's not always common use, but we're giving people the mechanism and the structure and the tools to make the progress that makes a real difference. Tim, what are the key characteristics of a successful uh, licensee and, and um, could, could you possibly run through a typical day? Yeah, the second part of the question is a little bit harder because it may not be a typical day. But um, I think in terms of – I can only sort of speak – all of this is from my perspective, obviously. Uh, I believe that, you know, having this this genuine desire to want to make a difference is a key uh, characteristic because the why am I here and why do I want to get out of bed and why do I want to give my best, if that's – if that's enticing and, and you can keep that in focus, then the rest of it uh, works. And I think behind that then, yes, you need to be persistent. And, you know, there's times where you need to eat humble pie, especially early on. You know, we all come in with our our perceptions of I know better than than this business that's been running for 45 years and has, inc- has incredibly good insights and proven process to work. So we fall into those traps. But, um, you know, I, I think that's the key. If you've got the why... And you're engaging in the business um, first and foremost for that, and you can keep that in sight. Then you're going to be pretty successful um, just from that alone. So yes, there's hard work involved, and there's some times of discomfort because you're doing things that might be outside of the usual. But you, you pretty well get into a into a process that you can make it your own and feel very comfortable with. So. In terms of a typical day, I mean, I can give you an example of what my day looked like yesterday, um, if that's practical. And, and obviously, I'm, I've been in the business for a number of years, so my days may look a little bit different to someone who's just starting, but there'll be some things that are common. So my starting for the day will be, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff around planning and prep so that you, you're just looking ahead about have I have I got my ducks in, in line? If I'm turning up to a meeting, have I got the bits that I should I should have with me? Just double-checking check, stuff. Um, so yesterday morning I would have done a, a, you know probably a quick bit of planning and preparation. I would have made a, probably a couple of phone calls before I, I went out on the road. I had three meetings yesterday with some very diverse clients and some of them were HR managers, some of them were GMs, some of them were um, operations managers as examples from construction, insurance and the other one was manufacturing and um, all of those were very much exploratory meetings. Um, We were getting to understand their business, looking at where we can add value and then out of those either walking out with some things which I had to follow up immediately um, in terms of getting information back to them um, or, uh, you know, just simple follow-through on actions from the day before. So that's not too dissimilar to uh, a lot of days, but what will differ is number of meetings, the kind of meetings, the complexity of those meetings, and sometimes I might just have a full day in the office, um, you know, doing my prep and planning for the oncoming weeks or months. So I don't know if that helps, but that's a, a bit of an insight into my world. That's no, a definitely unique uh, type of career option for someone who's got the background and also wants to improve themselves. You've also coached over 400 people. I mean, what type of impact has 
LMA had to their professional careers and also to yourself as a coach? I just want to pick up, there was a point you just said before, I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but it was around, um, you know, it was just inferring that I came into the business with skill sets and, and I just want to be clear that um, part of the process and certainly with the the coaching side and, and we term it client support now because it's got some connotations that can confuse people, but um, that that skill set's been developed through the business. So I didn't come into it. Yes, I had some intuitive things about, you know, enjoying working with people and and so forth, but that, that real, um, the core understanding of how it operates and how we work and how do we get the best out of people has been something which I've really valued and it's been developed in me. So working with people, I learn as much from um, the person I work with and the business I work with as uh, I'd say probably actually even more so than they they take away from me, their real learning and the profound stuff that I, I think I enjoy most is we're simply enabling people to to realise their capability and to actually get on and, and make it happen. And it can be quite profound. We're reaching into their professional lives at work, but we're also um, we're being enabled to reach into their personal lives away from work. So people disclose things to us which they may not talk to anyone else in the world about. And I it's quite a privileged position and in the client support coaching sort of role. Our job is to ask good questions. It's to prompt um, them just simply to be aware of, of, more aware of themselves and the progress they're making. And, you know, in terms of I can offer hundreds of stories of, of snippets of things from people's lives that have changed fundamentally not only where they are now but where they're going to and that's you know something special to walk down the street and have someone who's been a participant from a number of years ago and you know this was this recent run across the road and want to excitedly tell you about how they've progressed further what um, you know we've been a catalyst for so you know it might be that um, they've taken a step to uh, progress their their um, you know their position in an organisation and actually realised it, or it might be that they've actually got themselves out of debt, or that they've addressed a serious health issue, or they've um, taken on a project that they would never have imagined being possible to do and been able to actually you know take it um, well beyond what was expected of it. So each person has their own story and their own value, and it's something that probably has has been fundamental to my success as a licensee over time is those stories I can retell and I can use, but they give me the confidence in what we do every day. Tim, how, how, does, um, how does LMA sort of support, um, I mean, you mentioned sort of technology, you also mentioned, um, you also mentioned your, your sort of personal development. And I, I, I assume there's also some some marketing support there. Can you just sort of tell us a little bit more about um, how a licensee is supported by, by LMA? Yeah, uh, there's it's an important part of our our success has been what's behind us because we are remote, and you know even though we're in Brisbane, we're remote from the resource centre which is in Melbourne. But at, at any stage, you've got that that access to so I've shot out some emails them this morning asking for a couple of things and you know you've got that response back immediately you know it could be as simple as 
someone's resource bags fallen apart and it needs to be replaced and there's already one in the in the post on its way you know they're, they're rare and odd kind of things through to um, you know we're running a campaign um, with a particular one-off event just to attract some some new kind of prospects and the marketing support that's behind it so a lot of it is uh, you know over the phone where we are we you know I'd be honest and say we don't have a lot of face-to-face visits it's not practical but that kind of support um, you know, when we do get the face-to-face, they're pretty high-value kind of things in their own right. But the over-the-phone, over-the-internet is consistently there. You know, every every working day of the week, I can get what I need and feel like I'm, um, you know, an important part of the business. That's what really also struck us about on an ongoing basis is we've never felt like, oh, you're up in Brisbane and... You know, you're doing okay, so we don't need to bother you anymore and we'll put our efforts into something else. We've felt important from day one and we've continued to see that level of interest and support for our, our um, not just the business growth, but our own personal well-being. And that's what attracted us to the business originally. This is like a family. And I think the other part of the support that's here that is very rare in a business, um, is certainly you know one that's, call it franchise-based, is the collegiate support from the other the other licensees, and that could be, um, you know, Maryland, for example, in Coffs Harbour, or it could be um, the, the one of the other licensees here, like Bill, you know, who we catch up um, probably once a week at least over coffee to to chew the fat and work through things, and that's important, um, you know, in this kind of space because it could be a very lonely space, and you could feel like you're being thrown to the wolves. We certainly don't feel like that. And what's the commitment required for someone to become a licensee? Oh, good question. Um, I'd have to say it's a lot because you you don't go into a business and I've seen people who come into LMA expecting that they could wander in and do maybe two days a week or something and, you know, have lots of extra long weekends, etc. In the beginning, there's hard yards, you know, the – there's there's a pro the process does require you to be working for your five days a week and there may be the odd time where you got to do stuff overnight and you got to do stuff over the weekend. Um, it's not it's not a walk in the park in the beginning, but the rewards if you follow the process, if you put the work in, the rest of it starts to flow and you know it's the relationships that you build. This is not a, a transactional business and. Therefore, um, you know, like any relationship, you're putting time into um, into those relationships, and that might be it, it can be coffees, it can be lunches, you know, some of those things. But sometimes it can just be you're spending most of your time in their spaces and listening to them and offering things of real value, and that's the that requires work. So, yeah, I'm you know we're fortunate we're more established now and um you know i have to say i probably work a hell of a lot smarter than i did in the beginning and we've built the business to a point where yeah we we can say i'm just going to take a four-day weekend or something but there were hard yards behind that so uh, yeah, I, i would hate to mislead someone in thinking that it's a walk in the park when you join the business but it's definitely worthwhile nothing's easy (laughs) no what you what you put in is is what you get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. 
Well, look, what what are your thoughts on um, the growth potential of LMA? So, so how is it in in, in the sort of in the market now, um, and and what do you think is, is going to happen over the next five years? Yeah, I wish I had a crystal ball. Um, what I what I'll say is the trend that we've seen in our time has been pretty clear. Um, when we first joined, and this was at the back end of the global financial crisis, which was not a good time to be going into training and development space. Um, through to now, the most significant change, and I see this being the real um, positive for the future, is that organisations are a lot more smarter and mature about the value of their people to their business. And it's, it's the competitive um, advantage. You can have the best systems, the best buildings, the best product, but without the people, you you don't have the market share, you don't have the competitive advantage, and I think businesses get that. I think the other thing that's been really positive, and for most people in training and development space, they wouldn't they wouldn't have liked this, but the fact that government funding has declined rapidly is a significant um, door opener for LMA because we've we have not been a pursuer of funding. It's it's been there. But it's not been a distraction. If someone else is paying for the development of your people as a business, you probably don't take as much care in what's actually going on. And what we're seeing is because organisations have to pay for it themselves and realise that it's an important part of, you you don't just employ good people, you actually maintain them and you have to invest in them, that because they're paying for it, they're being clearer about what they're looking for. Now, that fits perfectly with LMA because we've been sitting on this uh, focus for years around we actually want people to get a return on investment or a return on expectation, as I'd like to term it. And if you're paying for it, you're going to have expectations. And if you have expectations, and I understand what they are, now we're in a position to be able to have informed discussions about where we can add value and when we do add value what we what we are actually contributing to so for us the you know the market is growing and we've continued to see that trend and i think the importance of people to business and the clarity of organizations um, starting to look at what they're expecting from their investment in people is an enormous opportunity for LMA. Um, you know, on a, I honestly do not see, and I don't say this in a biased way. You know, we're well aware of what you know, call it competition, but I, I, I'll just say it's competition for resource, not competition in our space. There isn't too many organisations that are anywhere close in what we're capable of achieving uh, in terms of uh, that habit, attitudinal, behavioural change, and the impact on on organisations and their bottom lines. So, yeah, I, I, I think we've got a lot of um, bright years ahead of us. Excellent. If someone's uh, listening to this and you know, could be quite interested in getting on board or take, trying to hand and being a licensee, you know, what's the next steps in reaching out to LMA and, and is, there, is there a process involved with getting people on board? It's probably a formal and an informal process. I mean, it could be as simple as they contact their local licensee and do a bit more due diligence and get their story from them because I think they'll find people are pretty 
um, up front and that's what probably caught us pleasantly by surprise when we first did our due diligence is how much information people were, were prepared to provide as a as a you know a prospect in the business and the other way is to contact our head office and make the inquiry through there and ultimately uh, they'll be redirected um, to actually have exchanges with licensees across the countryside anyway so I think it's as simple as that and yes there is a process through there's a whole lot of steps in there that um, make it easy for for individuals to make an informed decision so there isn't any surprises and they're set up to succeed, which obviously we all have vested interest in. But, yeah, that would be my understanding of the, the process. And it's something uh, I think this is a point that I, I, I probably missed earlier was something that really sets us aside is as a licensee, I actually want other licensees in not just in Brisbane but in other parts of the countryside to be incredibly successful because their success is our success. And that's quite a rare thing for a business. Normally, organisations are, are in silos and the franchisee will be looking at their own backyard and just concerned about that. I want other licensees to be um, introduced to the business and becoming become successful. And if I can con- contribute to that, I will do so. Tim, that's, that's very compelling. Um, is there anything else you think we need to delve into a bit more? I've seen over time licensees come and go and the ones who've stayed on and become successful and the ones who've disappeared, there's a clear pattern and the pattern for those who've, who've disappeared off the map and they disappeared off very quickly was simply they did not come in um, and follow the process and it's, it's such a fundamental point. Yeah. You know, as I said, there's a human nature says that when I go into a business, I'm obviously going to bring my experience and expertise and knowledge and, you know, that's that's normal to do. But there is a time where you need to park it, put it on the shelf, immerse yourself into the process and the programs and just follow it. And it can be – there is elements of discomfort because it's not our usual um, way of operating – but the people who failed very quickly were the ones who came in and almost from day one did not follow the process and tried to bring their um, their whole way of working from wherever they were in and pushed the process to the side. And I, I couldn't stress that. I couldn't stress that anymore. I think it's a really important point for people is when you join the business and if you've got an interest in joining the business, follow the process. It works. Thanks, Tim. And, and one of the key aspects is coming in with some commercial nuances or skills, business development. How, how important a skill set is that for um, a new licensee? It's a really good question because I came into the business with absolutely no background, no experience in selling at all. And I would have said to you when I first started, mm-hmm. I was probably quite uncomfortable about taking on the sales role. And I can tell you very clearly that, once again, you follow the process, you work through um, the support that's there, and it's actually my preferred part of the business, and it has been for quite some time. It's an area that you, you know, you are very, it's never, I can't say it's easy, and each person will be different, but 
if I can do it, anyone can do it is probably the best way of putting it. It is a fundamental skill set. It is important, you know, to the, the way the business operates. And for some people, it can be quite daunting. But I can tell you, if you, know, you come from a government background and then to be able to go into this kind of business and to be really successful in this business speaks volumes for, for anyone. And, you know, whether you've had sales experience or not, it's not a limitation. It's purely about what you start to do is get such a fundamental belief in what we do because you are constantly exposed to the success of how the process works and the people you work with, that it's very hard to not want to not want to have other people being part of this experience. Fantastic. Look, it sounds like a very interesting opportunity for anyone involved. Anyone interested who wants to take the next step, we encourage you to reach out to LMA. There's also a contact us button underneath this podcast. So Please uh, submit an inquiry and one of the team will get back to you. Apart from that, it's been really interesting talking to you today, Tim, and we hope to get you on another podcast very soon. No problem. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. No problems, guys. Eden Exchange is brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Tim Marsh of LMA Leadership Management Australia in Brisbane. For more information on this or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to EdenExchange.com or www.BusinessBuyInvest.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent updates on the buying and investing business world. You can subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Thanks for listening.